0: Shalom. This is Ron Warren with Tour Life Ministries. Today's broadcast is on God's appointed pe- feast. And today we're going to be covering the Feast of Yom Kippur, which is also known as the Day of Atonement, as recorded in Leviticus chapter 16 and 23. Leviticus 16 connects three spears of holiness. It's the Holy day of the year, which is day of atonement, is the holiest man of the world, which is the high priest of Israel, and is the holiest place in the world, which is the Holy of Holies. The high priest had to enter the tabernacle to make atonement for Israel, the Holy of Holies, the tabernacle, and the altar, because these things remained continually in the presence of God. They needed to be atoned for. Because without atonement, they could not remain in the presence of God. That atonement must come through blood. Now, this forces a question. How does a person find atonement without the temple? Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 6 reads, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one to his own way and the lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all the jewish commentator rashi at the start of the crusades in 1096 ce interpreted the suffering servant of isaiah 53 as Israel however before the idea of the birth of rashi even existed in the mind of his great great grandmother the ancient sages taught that isaiah 53 applied to the messiah isaiah wrote in isaiah 43 verse 11 that there would be no other savior than god himself and yeshua claimed to be the living temple in john chapter 2 Verse 21, if you believe this, then in him, all of the elements of the sacrificial system are found. He is the high priest, he is the offering, and he is the tabernacle itself. Consider this. Forty is the number of testing. Yeshua shed his blood in 30 CE, 40 years before the second temple was destroyed. Now this can be proven by the Jewish people's own writings, the Mishnah of the Talmud, and here's how. On Yom Kippur, two lots were picked to determine the functions of the two sacrifices, for the Lord and for Hazazel. It was considered a good omen if the lot that marked for the Lord was picked by the high priest in the right hand, the hand of service. And this was done from the time of Moses until the last 40 years prior to the destruction of the temple. From that point on, according to the Talmud in Yoma 39a, every year for the last 40 years it was picked in the left hand. Another point. A portion of the crimson sash that had been tied around the horns of the he-goat marked Hazazel, was attached to the door of the temple. Now the sash would turn from red to white when the he-goat was ten miles into the wilderness or met its end. And what this did is that it is singled to the people that God had accepted their sacrifices and their sins were forgiven, according to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, which reads, Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Again, the Mishnah tells us that 40 years before the destruction, that says stopped turning white. This is when Yeshua died for our sacrifice. Another point. The Jewish Talmud tells us that the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place was so firmly woven that two teams of oxen pulling in opposite directions with that veil between them could not tear it apart. And also, the Talmud tells us that 40 years before the destruction, the veil was torn from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top. Now the priests tried to mend and so to veil back together again, but they were unable, for no thread or cord would hold in the repaired part, and it was still torn when the temple was destroyed. Question: Who is Hazazel, also known as the scapegoat? In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 10, it reads, "But the goat." on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement with him and to let him go for the scapegoat into the wilderness. The word scapegoat is only mentioned in one chapter in the entire Bible. Leviticus chapter 16. And many Bible teachers without biblical precedent teach that Yeshua was the scapegoat. But consider this, if in Israel today, if you called an Israelite a Saba by the name of Hazazel, you had better be prepared to duck. You had just called him the devil. And here's why. Jude was the half-brother of Yeshua. And in Jude 14 and 15, it reads, and about these also Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all of the ungodly of all of their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way and in all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. This quote in Jude comes from the book of Enoch which existed at the time of Yeshua and his disciples. It came into an existence in its older sections around 300 BCE and became completed before Yeshua's time at the end of the first century BCE. Hazazel, the Hebrew word for scapegoat, is seen as the biblical type of Satan, Hasatan, in the same book of Enoch. Consider this. In the book of Enoch, chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, it reads, And Hazazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and made known to them the metals of the earth and the art of working them, and the bracelets and the ornaments and the use of antimony, and the beautification of eyelids, and all kinds of costly stones, and all the coloring tinctures, And there arose much godlessness, and they committed fornication, and they were led astray, and became corrupt in all their ways. The high priest places the sins and the punishments of the people upon Hazazel, the scapegoat, by the laying on of hands. And then the scapegoat is led into the wilderness more than ten miles never to return. Consider this. Yeshua returned. This is better understood as the picture of Hasatan being cast into the lake of fire. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 it reads, And the devil who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Question. Where does that leave us as believers who have have accepted the sacrifice of Yeshua? Psalm 15, verses 1 and 2 reads, Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? And who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. As you celebrate this feast, know this. The ceremony of the Day of Atonement uniquely patterns the work of the Messiah, his death, his sacrifice, and the atonement of his blood. You can boldly, not proudly, Walk into the presence of God because of the blood of Yeshua, your Messiah, covers you. And today, He stands interceding on your behalf before the throne of God, just like the high priest, which He is. And it's for this reason we, as Messianic believers, dress in white on this day. Shalom. Until the next podcast. Now, if this teaching has been a blessing to you, you might consider subscribing to the Anchor Podcast platform and the Torah Life Ministries website. You can do this at www.toralifeministry.com. Until then, Ron has left the building.